0: You're listening to a sermon from org, And I'm pretty excited to be um, interviewing Benita because I've always been a little bit inspired by Benita and I'm pretty sure I only know about this much of her life. And I know there's there's a lot of good stuff there to to dig out and to to share and to celebrate and, and to just be encouraged by. So Benita, would you give her a hand as she comes out? Okay, yeah. all right. So, look, uh, let's start off with an easy one. Just tell us a bit about yourself. Benita, give us a rundown. Who, who, who are you? Tell us about your family and, and uh, a bit about yourself. Oh, really? But can I ask you a question first? Oh, no, no, <laughs> hang on. This, <laughs> wasn't on the, this wasn't on the list. Would you add that one in? All right. I know. You, do
1: you like my scarf?
0: I do like your scarf. But, <laughs> you wear
1: my scarf while you're interviewing
0: me? Well, okay. <laughs> I can do that. All right. Okay. You, yeah. All right. You're like, right? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> my
1: scarf And I wanted to connect with you before we did this. And that scarf's got colours. But it represents. I, I couldn't do this if I, I wasn't connected with this spiritually. Okay. This scarf, it's got some black in it, which is the colour of my skin. of Christ and I am a part of the bride of Christ and the blue in the Bible represents healing and um, heaven and uh, the pink I love and I know when I was reading about the pink in the Bible it does talk about relationships but my mother loved pink and um, I wanted to wear pink today now that we're connected thank you for <laughs> wonderful yeah sorry okay oh you've got the question
0: to um, yep.
1: tell a bit about myself and I'm an Aboriginal from Narrandera, I was born to mum and dad who was Alec and sister they called it Christian and my maiden name was Christian and I quite like that name and um, I was born at Narandra and I was, my mum and dad already had seven children, I was at seven, actually they'd had two more before I was born that died and then after me, there were three more my brother and my two younger sisters. So I actually grew up on the sandhills of Miranda, where all the Aboriginal people live. Um, they lived there because an old minister by the name of Gribble, he wasn't old at the time, but he brought my grandmother and many other Aboriginal people to Darlington Point. And they lived on a mission there called Warren Gesda. That mission. Was set up for the Aboriginal people, but when the Protection Board came in, they closed down that mission and they brought the Aboriginal people from there over to Narandra Sandhills and they let them squat there because already the police owned that, so they still had jurisdiction over the Aboriginal people. Some people came there, some went over to Kara at the Bramby um, Uram, mission, so that's how the Aboriginal Reserve was set up at Narandra and uh, my family was a part of that. I grew up there as a, a child, as I said, with nine brothers and sisters in my family, my mum and dad. My grandmother lived over the hill. My uncles and aunties lived over the hill not far and it was very much like a community. there was a real community spirit there of all Aboriginal people and um, we all ate together, a lot of the men would go out fishing, they would bring back fish, they'd bring back bags of yabbies and if they had fruit they would share it. We had a big um, concrete um, slab and we had dances there and the men would play their music, they'd play the leaves, they'd play guitars and they'd have dances, they'd have singing with all the community. We had bonfires together, we had rounders and that was our world. That's what I knew as a child. We had a church on the hill and a missionary was sent down there every week and we would go to Sunday school up on the hill. And I remember every Sunday that's what we would do. My mother would send us to Sunday school and sometimes our family were the only children that went up to the church. And uh, we went to Sunday school and we learned lots of scriptures. And I remember and I can relate to this, I love John 14 and I can quote most of the chapter because I we had to learn it and I remember because we didn't have much, like in the way of toys or anything, they had a little um, box you could choose out of every time you learned a scripture. So we would all go mad learning the scripture just so as we could get and I remember getting a little plastic red bangle. To go around my my um, um, wrist, <laughs> and that's what we loved about going there. We had a challenge to learn scripture, and we'd get a little present if we did. And, you know, we even got to get the collection plate, collect the pennies that went around, and we'd hear the pennies dropping. I can still remember that song too, you know, about Sunday school. And they were the good memories about living there, but. We had to go to school and we had to walk from sand hills, which is about five Ks every day and home again, but we all went together all the kids off the sand hills we would walk together and we would come home when we were at school we would play with the Aboriginal kids because the people in the town I guess they looked down their nose at the Aboriginal kids and um, there was no real connection there with the people in the town and the Aboriginal people out at reserve because I guess a lot of them on the way to school, they would call us dirty, they would call us nits, they would call us blacks, they would call us jailbirds because a lot of our um, people were in jail because of their drinking and all this sort of thing. Because if you were drunk on the reserve and you were even in your bed, you could be arrested because you were in a public place. So Aboriginal people couldn't really drink they would be arrested. And I know my father spent quite a few years in jail. And, uh, but we still went to church. And I remember one time when we were on the sand hills, and we were living there, a, a group of Pentecostal people came to the town and none of the churches would have them because they all thought that they weren't really Christians, that they were from another, like they thought they were the devil because they spoke in tongues and that. So mum and dad said, look, you can come to my house and you can have a meeting there. And I remember the first meeting we had with the Pentecostal people, and it was one and only, and we sang a song called Away Far Beyond Jordan, and I never forgot it. That was one of the choruses that stuck in my mind while we were there on the sandhills. But um, my memory there of that place was of my mum. I think, you know, she was the greatest influence in my life as a mother. And she's dead now. She's gone to be with the Lord. I know she has because she was a Christian. But Mum's emphasis on us more than anything was, I want you to be a good girl. Regardless of anything else, I want you to be a good girl. Because people that were on the sand hills, they'd go up and they would play cards for money. Mum never entered into it. And when we went into town, she would never go. I never went into a cafe until I was a teenager. Because Mum would say, I take you kids into the cafe, the white people would say, there she goes squandering at money. Never went to a cafe until I saw my grandfather in Sydney. Um, but she kept saying, I want you to be a good girl. I don't want you to drink. I don't want you to smoke. I don't want you to gamble. I want you to go to church. And that was the influence from that time. And every one of us in my family, none of us drink because of the way Mum brought us up. And uh, I'm not saying, please don't say that I said that having a wine with a meal or something is wrong. I'm just telling you what mum put in my heart because of people that drank around us, got himself into trouble, got into jail, but she never, ever
0: wanted to do that. And that's something I will talk about later on. That's a part of my very early life. So what I'm hearing that probably your mum had a huge part to play in in your, your faith and you um, becoming a believer. Was, was that something you made a decision for Jesus as a child or did that happen later in your life? Tell us about how you no, came to faith. No, I made
1: the decision to follow the Lord very early, but on my father's side, um, my grandfather was uh, William Naden and he came out as a missionary from England. But even though he came out here, My grandmother from Cowra fell pregnant with my father, but he was a missionary. But he did find, he married another lady by the name of Stella, and they set up the Aboriginal Inland Missions in Australia. So he was called the Man of the Pines. And he used to travel around to all the Aboriginal missions and reserves and preach the gospel. And um, he came to Narendra one day when we were little and he said to my mother, he said, I just want to tell you that your husband is my son. He said, and I've never stopped praying. He said, I've prayed for him and I've prayed for his children and I have never ceased to pray, pray for them. And when Rhonda was talking about prayer, I thought that was the power that kept my family alive and walking with. Lord was his prayers, and he said to my mother, My brother Trevor was there, and he said, Would you mind if I take him and rear him? Because I didn't get the opportunity to rear my son. And my mother said, Well, I wouldn't give any of my children away. He said, But I will pray for you. And then the missions would come down and we'd go up to the meeting, and um, they had a meeting there, a tent meeting, and they asked anyone would like to come out and give their heart to the Lord. I was five years old and I wanted to go out the front and get prayer because I wanted something. I wanted to know what they were doing and I went out the front and I gave my life to the Lord at five. And even though I didn't completely understand everything then, but I did know that I wanted the Lord because... And another thing that was very significant there in Narranda, there was a church, but on the wall... It was a photo of Jesus and they had all these kids and um, sitting at Jesus' feet and they had all these kids of different colours. And they had a little girl with blonde hair and um, she had little court shoes on and I thought, I wonder what it would be like to have white skin like that. I wonder what it would be like to have blonde hair like that. I wonder did I need it. Was it Jesus who was going to change it or make it different? for all these coloured people these are the things that I had in my mind about the church with this picture up there apparently someone's got that picture that lived on the sand hill but it was always very significant and it really changed my thoughts later on in life and I think that's what made a difference with this scarf I just think Bennett said no I don't want to wear your scarf and I just think when we were at school people share with us. They didn't want to share with us because they thought we were dirty. You know what I mean? There was no connection there. But um, I know that the Lord kept us through it all. But you know when we were living in randra we had yabbies, we had fish, we had baked rabbit, Dad grew vegetables, we had a cow, we had so many things and I thought that, that we didn't have a lot. But when I talked to other kids when they were little, sometimes I think, oh, gosh, I was well
0: off well, you know I had so much that so many other people didn't have mm-hmm. wow. Wow. Um, I, I mean it's a bit mind-blowing isn't it when you think it really wasn't long ago that, 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 that some of these sort of uh, these attitudes I guess were, were so prevalent and unfortunately they, they probably still are reasonably prevalent in some in some people or in some sectors of our society but it is um, startling to think that um, someone would be rejected because of the colour of their skin. <laughs> Doesn't make sense, does it? Um, uh, uh, it sounds like there's there's a lot of... You um, know, there's been a lot of uh, difficulty that has been part of your life because of your, your Aboriginal um, uh, culture and family. It sounds like, though, there's some strengths there too. Like, what, what do you think... Um, uh, what strengths have been part of, of your, your family and, and the way you've been able to bring up your own children because of your, your culture and your your family heritage
1: there are a number of strengths and I just want to, um, I went over to Miranda today and, uh, Trevor was sharing and he actually shared exactly what was on my heart and he was sharing about Timothy in um, chapter 2 and he talked about Timothy Talked about how Timothy talked about how he um, what was making him strong, and what was the strength of his life, and he said, "Look, I want to tell you about my grandmother. I want to tell you about my mother, but I want to tell you about my ancestry. Read it in 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 two Timothy. I want to tell you about my ancestry, and you know he talked about it as if it was his strength. And my grandmother and my." Um, Culture there at Miranda was very matriarchal. It was very mother centred. My grandmother was an elder, and she was a, a strength to me. And uh, even though she grew up as a Catholic over at Warren Gesda, she came, you know, to know the Lord later on. But there was a strength in her that really carried us through. Because um, even when my father was drinking, you know, my my mother would go to my grandmother's and we would go there as a refuge to my grandmother's as an elder but my father would not go near the house he would go to the front door he would never go in when he had drinking and because of the respect there of my grandmother and um, that's the way it was that's where like talking about our culture and I was talking to Jess my grandmother who was there and we're talking about walking in two worlds And this is what Timothy was talking about. I've walked in two worlds. My ancestry is my strength. You know, I'm talking to you about his his grandmother and his mother. And I can talk to you about this. When we had these dances on the hill, my grandmother and my uncle, they would go up to the house and they would do the corroboree and they would do um, singing in Yiradjuri, a language. But they did it in secret because we weren't allowed to to talk in Yiradjuri. We weren't allowed at all to um, enter into anything Aboriginal because it was against the law, really. So they tried to assimilate the Aboriginal people and make them white. Here, Timothy's saying, I remember my ancestry, but also he says, you know, that's scripture. He didn't say it there, but he referred to it. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things are passed away. And he said, I know I've got my ancestry, but what's important to me? It's knowing Christ. And that's what was important. That's the way I see my culture as a strength. But I see it as, you know, now I'm a new creature because there were things that were weaknesses in, because there was a lot of witchcraft in Aboriginal culture. There was a lot of fear. My mother lived a lot in fear, brought us up in fear, because my brother, when he was only six, was stabbed in the leg, led to death in mum's arm. She would not let us go to the river unless Dad was there. She wouldn't let us out of our sight. We were all huddled together in a house. We weren't allowed outside unless our hair was done, unless things were absolutely, I was a good girl because she was worried the welfare would come and take us away. But when Christ came into our lives and um, changed our lives, he made things different because when we went to Sydney, there was an open air. Pentecostal. They don't do it now, but they did years ago. They had this open air meeting and my dad went to the open air. He gave his heart to the Lord. And I shared this scripture the last time I was talking was, you know, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's what dad said when he gave his heart to the Lord. Mum gave her life to the Lord and everyone in our house gave our lives to the Lord. And we came into a Pentecostal experience where God really changed our lives and made a difference. Mm -hmm.
0: And I, and I love that, like whoever we, we were and whatever our, our family of origin is, and when we receive Jesus, we have a new citizenship, don't we? And, and we, we share a common citizenship, don't we, as the family of God and our citizenship is in heaven, isn't it? And and, um, and, and that's what makes us brothers and sisters, isn't it? Even though we, we don't share any DNA or any genetic, but you're my sister and and um, we're family and, and it's such a precious thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, tell me a bit, Benita, about how how your relationship with God has has guided your parenting. Like, uh, tell us about your par- parenting experience, because you, you know you've you've parented a few different um, children. That, that uh, just tell us about that. Uh, look, my main influence, of course, on parenting was my mother, and
1: look, just having my brothers and sisters there as well as a strength is really a um, very significant in bringing my children up because I had my son, birth and then I had my daughter, and um, you know, just having my mum there, having my sisters and brothers, and being a close knit. What was saying? We were very connected, and because we went to church, we had our church family, and that was a real um, strength going to church. So, look, if I was going to say anything to anyone with your children, make sure you bring them to church. Teach them the word of God and pray for them. And I know when my kids were small, when they went to sleep, I would go in and I would lay hands on them and I would pray for them, pray God would lead them the right way and and that they would meet the right person in their life and um, all those sorts of things. But mainly the strength of bringing up my two children were taking them to church. And then my daughter... um, when in the police service and she had Mariah and um, Mariah became almost my daughter because we reared her since she was a baby. My daughter was there so she became a part of the family, she became a part of us, became a part of the church and then there was my beautiful Jess here, my son's daughter and um, she lived with us on and off as well. But there were times we fought hammer and tooth to keep them under our shelter because of the attack of the enemy so many times. And then we, of course, we've got Angel, our daughter, who's at um, boarding school. We reared her, still rearing her. She's 14. And um, the, the strength of all of this is because of the prayers of my grandfather, the prayers of my mother, the prayers of the people in the church and the connection we have with our church family
0: and with our family. I'm hearing a, an awesome theme coming through here. Are you hearing that? Prayer. All right. Who's, who's going to be at our prayer meeting on Friday? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Uh, do you have a story, Benita, about God's faithfulness or, or provision to you as a, as a family? Um, anything in particular that maybe stands out to you?
1: Um, and we went through a terrible time. Um, we were in Newcastle. Graham had an accident. And... Um, he fell 40 feet off a pole, he nearly died, he, he ruptured his spleen, he um, broke his hip and he nearly died. And you know, it was a real point of prayer for us because the doctor, we, they thought they were going to lose him. And uh, our church, of course, came in to and prayed and helped in that situation. And um, Graham had to come home and um, he had to, um, I had to nurse him. They built the hospital bed out for me to nurse him and um, he couldn't work at that time and we had to really depend on God to supply our needs and we, I didn't have him to to go to work because he was sick and I still had to rear the kids and send them to school and do all the things mothers have to do to um, to look after him. So when he was well enough, we moved to Sydney And uh, we wanted to be close to my family. So we moved to where my brother was. And this in itself was a story. We end up going to this church where it was really wonderful. The pastor was a good teacher in the beginning. He taught us how to bring up our kids. But in the end, he was really controlling the way we brought up our children. He was controlling our lives. He wouldn't let us see our parents. And uh, we would go to the church and he would say, I want to go and see my brother. Well, sorry, you're an elder in the church. You're not going. You know, and um, I would get up in the service and bring people down that didn't pay their tithes. There were just so many things that we were hurt by. And in the end, I, I said, Graham, we're going to go and see him. We're going to leave the church. And um, we told him. And when we walked out the door, he first us and told us we do this, that and everything else. And uh, it was a really bad experience. But it was a challenge for us. But we went out of that church and we wandered in the wilderness because we didn't really trust anyone anymore. And years later, and even our children were sort of all over the shop. But, you know, I know that God's covering was still there. And we ended up moving to Newcastle and we came across a pastor who was still a part of our lives, Debbie and Colin. And I was talking about it last week and saying how God sent that fish to follow up Jonah at that time when the storm was raging and he wasn't really following God. And I felt like that at the time. That they picked us up. God picked us up and he swallowed us up and he kept us. And I know that there were times it was up and down, but that was the beginning of us back on the road again with the Lord. So that was a real challenging experience for us as husband and wife, for us as Christians and for us as parents. To follow after God but we had the people that were in the church that really helped us through mm. mm-hmm.
0: so it was a real time of um newness I guess a new for us mm. 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 and isn't it beautiful how God can bring um just a, a really new and beautiful and powerful season out of some very challenging difficult hard circumstances in, in our life and that despite those challenges we go through he's faithful isn't he um yeah oh. yeah and continues to be um oh look I think tell us uh, what Bible person inspires you most Benita look, I, I, and I know a lot of people love him but I absolutely love Joseph
1: and you know I talk I read it over and over and every time I read it I <laughs> wow. brings tears to my eyes because I know he was separated from his family but his father still loved him Still cared for him, he still wanted him to think he? he thought he was dead, he thought he was gone but he loved him and you know when Joseph saw his brothers and sisters he felt connected again, he really did and I felt, while we were away wandering in the wilderness when we saw our brothers and sisters and I'm talking about our church family, we were connected again and that was beautiful you know and they were happy to see us and I just love that story and I think You don't know the story, get in and read it. It's a real beautiful family story of separation and connection and the provision
0: of God because he touched Joseph and he made him a great person there in Egypt. it is, it is, and, and the words there that really jump out to me that you, you shed was about being connected. And uh, I, I don't know whether you guys even notice our banner as you walk in anymore, but you know we have the words there: be connected. And, and in many ways, that's what uh, life with God really boils down to, doesn't it? Being connected with our heavenly Father, and then being connected in relationship with um, the people of God and with others, and then um, connected out into into the community, into the yet to be connected to God. <laughs> Our community and um, it's just a, a very simple but powerful word, isn't it? Being connected and there's something I think that just goes deep down in our DNA. You know, we're created to be connected with God and connected with each other. And when we're not, things pretty quickly go pear shaped for us, don't they?
1: Yeah. Word, of course, as a mother with your children, you have to stay connected with them in yeah. some way to be able to get the best out of them. Stay connected with them, and I. Stay connected with all my grandchildren. You know, my son's got six children, and when he went to be a doctor, we minded them while he went to uh, sang to get him through uni. But we stayed connected with like them. We minded them every weekend. We're still very much connected with our grandchildren. So we've helped raise every one of them in some way.
0: And and that's one of the things I I really admire and find so beautiful about uh, Bonita and and Graham's family, is just the the great family connectedness they have. And it's such a precious thing that uh, so many families in our community don't have. And it really, if, if you don't have that, that family connection, um, that, that's where so many problems in the future come from, isn't it? And as a society, we say, well, why do we have such high rates of suicide and, and mental illness and crime and, and drug use? Well, you know Why? Because the families aren't connected. And that—that's that, those early childhood experiences are just so vital and so precious. So I always really um, admire that about your family, that, that great Can I just say too that um,
1: when Jess and Mariah finished school, we all did nursing together. Where I started. But they came in and we were at uni together. Oh, wow. And we had some <laughs> wonderful times together. And then Zoe did a psychology course. And I went down and did psychology with her. And uh, I've just through the, the ages, just being connected to them in some way. And it's funny, isn't it? Because I'd love to write a book. I went to uni with my granddaughter.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you should, sure, Benita. I think that's a story to be told. And, and look, you've, you've done more than, ju- than just nursing and psychology. What else have you studied or trained or worked <laughs> as, Benita? Tell us. Well, when my kids were at preschool, I decided I would do preschool training. So I became a director in a preschool...
1: And then when they were primary, I primary trained and I did, I became a primary school teacher. And then I did my master's in, um, actually I did a degree in adult ed because they were adults. and Then I decided to do a master's in education, which I did. And then um, I went, my son was a doctor and got his, um, he became a doctor and got a locum out of Broken Hill. So we went out there to help with the kids to Broken Hill and... Um, that there's a job in the hospital. So I started working in the hospital as a liaison officer and then I did my degree in nursing and then I did my um, diabetes course, certificate in diabetes and now I'm doing the um, graduate certificate in Uradgery but I'm also doing a Masters, PhD research. So. I'm forever studying, but I am definitely Hillary. I'm going to talk to her about it doing our diploma in our Bible. <laughs> yes.
0: oh. Forever
1: onward. Uh, look,
0: I, I that I'm speechless. Like I love study, <laughs> like I really love it. That I I, I have no words, Benita. That's you. you are an amazing woman. And, uh, <laughs> but I must say that, and it's my inspiration. because I had to give a talk,
1: yeah, not at uni not long ago. And I use some of the stuff you use with the jelly
0: beans and ginger. It's still good to come to church, I'm still getting educated here at church. <laughs> oh, Thank you, that, Annette. That, that's good to hear. Look, let's, uh, let's finish up with this last question, all right? Uh, a scripture that has been significant. Do you want to share a scripture with us that's just really significant well, for you? Well,
1: this is not only for you, but it's for the kids. And I think honour your mother and your father and you will live long on the earth. And I believe that I have honoured my mother and I honoured my father. And as I was saying, she always said to me, be a good girl, but that's not what it's all about. But that's what she wanted us to be. But we really need to honour them, to respect them, to listen to them and be obedient to God because I'm not saying that if you are good, you're going to go to heaven. If you are obedient to God, that's what we need. But I, I think that... Scripture is so significant because I've seen so many people that have never listened to their mother and father and they're dead and gone already. I really believe spiritually that you'll live a better life, a more fulfilled life, and also you'll get so much more done if you come under the covering of your parents. And if you don't have spiritual parents, I still say honour them, respect them, and let them know that you respect them. But I believe that our people in the church are our mothers and fathers too and sisters and brothers and we need to respect them and follow
0: Good. That's great. All right, look, let's, let's just pray and, and I'd just like to pray over Benita too while she's here. Father God, we thank you for this a beautiful woman of faith. We thank you that, that you have gifted her to our church to bless us, encourage us and inspire us. And Father, we just celebrate um, the life that she's lived to this point and we celebrate the life she will continue to live for many, many years into the future. And we thank you that, that you have blessed her life so abundantly and that she is then in turn blessed so many people um, abundantly through you we thank you for benita's family and the wider influence that they have in their um in their communities father and so we just give you honor and praise and glory for the amazing work you have done in this family's life and father for all the the, the families here today for the mums the dads the the brothers the sisters the children uh, just just bless each and every person here may we just receive um from you jesus all that is needed to live a life full of godliness and obedience and wisdom and love. And may we, in turn, be a blessing to our families, to each other and to our communities. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How good was that? Round of applause. Thanks, Benita.